Chapter 7 The wait between Todd's days, as Dirk had taken to calling them, dragged impossibly long. He still kept track of them via dog-eared pages, but he was aware now of the passage of time in a way he wasn't before. There was his life before Todd, and his life after. Dirk wasn't sure he could go back now that he'd known the latter. He dreaded the day Todd's sessions ended, and yet... His thoughts kept coming back to the file on Dr. Fenchurch's desk. Not for the first time, he wished he knew its contents. The not knowing settled in the pit of his stomach, a growing nausea that was altogether too familiar. He let the hunch take root, terrified of what it might mean, and yet needing an answer. He could see the shape of it now, but for all that, the impression remained vague. This was nothing like looking at the back of a card. It was nothing like trying to solve a puzzle box. It was certainly nothing like trying to guess the contents of an envelope. This was Todd. Thinking about it rather made Dirk want to crawl back under the bed and never come out. Not doing so took considerable effort. Dirk, curling his hands over the side of the mattress to keep from moving. He let his gaze drift to the window. Several long minutes passed before a technician finally appeared. Dirk rose steadily to his feet. It would help, he realized, if he knew why Todd was here. They hadn't talked much about Todd's study, certainly not enough for Dirk to get a scope of it. He knew only that Todd had pararibulitis, though even that didn't tell him much. The detectives in his book were always finding clues, gathering data, putting things together to figure out an answer. Dirk had assumed, erringly perhaps, that he could accomplish the same merely by just doing whatever. As the approach appeared not to be working, Dirk suspected he needed a plan. He wasn't good at planning, or rather, on the rare occasions when Blackwing had asked him to strategize, Dirk had failed miserably. It was hard to know where to start. Dirk used to letting others do his planning for him. Blackwing decided everything, what he ate, when he slept, what he wore. Without their steady influence, he was a leaf on the wind. Even now, his actions were dictated. Dirk having no choice but to follow the technician down the hall. They were headed towards the common room, hardly a surprise, given that today was one of Todd's appointments. Dirk still found himself oddly disappointed. He pushed it aside, focusing instead on the flurry of activity and what was normally a deserted corridor. Rarely did Dirk see more than one technician at a time, and yet today there were several. They moved in and out of one of the empty rooms that stood alongside Dirk's. A quick glance inside showed a technician making a bed. The hair on the back of Dirk's neck stood on end. He wanted to ask, but the technician leading him seemed intent on ignoring it, his pace quickening as he led them past the room. The next corner found the corridor deserted. Dirk almost convinced he'd imagined the flurry of activity. Almost, but not quite. Uncertainty still pooling in his gut. Dirk thoroughly on edge by the time they reached the common room doors. Inside, he found Todd seated on the couch. No guitar this time. Though, for a brief moment, Dirk saw the image from his dream. Dream Todd, once again, caught in an electric current. Dirk paralyzed by fear. It was gone just as quick. Todd staring up at him, his expression entirely open. Hey, he said, smiling brightly. Dirk meant to respond in kind, but all he could see was the file sitting on Dr. Fenchurch's desk. New worry spiking in his breast. Why are you here? Dirk asked, not bothering to hide his alarm. Dirk's expression shifted to one of bewilderment. 
his gaze narrowing sharply. Um, because I have an appointment? he asked. Sorry, I meant... Dirk forced himself to stop and take a steadying breath. I meant your study. Cognizant of the cameras, the words came out in a near whisper. Todd leaned forward on the couch, as though trying to hear. In three short strides, Dirk was beside him, his glance starting once to the door, before he claimed a seat at Todd's side. Todd seemed startled by their sudden proximity, but he said nothing, his expression now thoroughly confused. "'You said you were here for a study on pararibulitis, but that you were the only participant,' Dirk explained. Todd's expression didn't clear. "'You said pararibulitis was a nerve disorder,' Dirk pressed. "'And?' Todd asked. "'What does Blackwing want with a nerve disorder?' Dirk said, reasonably certain he'd made his point. Except Todd was openly staring now, a brief flicker of worry appearing in his gaze. Dirk could only imagine what he must look like, leaned in close, his body angled to block the camera above their heads, his words coming out in a strained whisper. He tried desperately to convey the urgency of Todd's reply with a look. Todd, however, remained lost. Sorry, can you start again? I know you told me who Blackwing is, but I don't see how they're related to my study. Did something happen? Yes, Turk wanted to say. They have a file with your name on it, and I don't know what it means. Instead, he shook his head. It's, I don't know, a hunch maybe, but I need to understand why you're here if I'm going to figure out what it means. That got Todd's attention, excitement replacing some of his tension. Wait, is this your thing? he asked. Dirk was beginning to regret having mentioned it. But he still needed to know. He still needed to understand. So he gave a curt nod, ignoring the way Todd's eyes lit up with excitement. You said there were no other participants. That all they do is make you watch flashing pictures on a screen? Dirk knew the test. There was a prediction component to it that tied into subliminal memory. It was one of Dr. Fenchurch's favorites. Riggins thought it useless. Dirk tended to agree. That's not all they have me do, but I definitely haven't met anyone else yet, Todd said. Dirk seizing on the new information. What else? he asked. Todd hesitated. I don't know. I guess one time they had me try to guess these cards, and another time they... Cards? Dirk interrupted, his heart now racing in his chest. Todd nodded. Yeah, they had pictures on one side, and... Dirk nodded his understanding. They've done a few scans, a thing with electrodes. I don't know. It was weird, I guess. If his earlier hunch was vague, it now had defined edges. Dirk still didn't understand it, not fully, but he was beginning to get a more complete picture, his hands shaking as the pieces began falling into place. Todd, he said quite seriously, I don't think you should trust them. There was something in Todd's expression that didn't quite match up. He looked confused, but also guilty, as though there was something he wasn't saying. Dirk considered. Did he know? Was he part of Blackwing's plan? That didn't seem right, and yet... He didn't get a chance to ask, the lights above them flickering, a tiny surge followed swiftly by the shrill screaming of the all-too-familiar alarms. Dirk sagged back into his seat, annoyed, but Todd bolted upright, panic reflected in his features. Shouldn't we... He gestured to the door, his words lost to the ringing of the alarms. Dirk shook his head. It's fine he said. This happens all the time. 
After so long whispering, it hurt to shout, but at least Todd heard. He still crossed the room to check the door, returning to Dirk's side only after finding it locked. What do you mean it happens all the time? He asked when he reached the couch. He was still standing, his body taut with tension. Dirk shrugged. The system keeps malfunctioning. I don't know why. At first it only happened occasionally, but lately it's been happening every couple of days. They'll fix it shortly. He gestured to the couch as he spoke, an invitation that Todd considered before accepting. It wasn't as loud here as it was out in the hall, but they still had to shout. Dirk's only consolation, the continued presence of the overhead lights. Almost as soon as he thought it, they flickered again, Dirk chastising himself for tempting fate. He began a slow countdown in his head, getting to sixty before the lights flickered and fell dark. Dirk reaching three before the emergency lights filled the room with red. Todd stiffened beside him. He cast a glance in Dirk's direction, relaxing only when he found Dirk unaffected by the change. They had, if experience had taught him anything, several minutes before Blackwing restored order. Long enough, Dirk thought, to press his warning. Todd, Dirk said, struggling to speak around the sudden lump in his throat. Todd leaned slightly towards him, as though understanding Dirk's reluctance to shout. I don't think you should come anymore, Dirk said. As soon as he said it, he knew it was true. Todd wasn't safe here. He couldn't pinpoint the how or the why, but he knew it was true, just as he'd known Colonel Mustard had committed the murder in the kitchen using the rope. For the briefest of moments, Dirk thought Todd might argue. He looked hurt, sad in a way Dirk wasn't expecting. It was gone just as quick, Todd's features hardening, his gaze narrow. Are you going to tell me what's going on? he asked. Dirk struggled with where to begin. The beginning, he supposed. I told you before that I get these hunches, and they're very rarely wrong, but they're rarely ever right either, or at least I never really understand them, not until I see them in hindsight. Now, I don't know anything about pararibulitis other than what you've told me, but I'm not sure that's why you're here. I think... Dirk shook his head. He was getting ahead of himself. Todd, at least, was listening intently. Dirk went back, starting at the beginning. I thought you were here for me. I don't mean... He gestured vaguely, trying to deflect Todd's incredulous expression. I mean, I thought they intended to use you to manipulate me, but I'm not so sure about that anymore. Dr. Fenchurch. She's the woman in charge of my program. She had a file on her desk, with your name on it, and I don't know why, but I think maybe it means you're in danger. It was the best he could offer, the haziness of his hunch not much to go on, but how to explain something that amounted to instinct, especially when Todd was looking at him like he thought Dirk might be crazy. I... Dirk tried, but Todd shook his head. Look, I appreciate that you're... concerned, but... Here he paused, a brief flicker of uncertainty passing over his features. He glanced briefly away, his gaze sweeping about the room, taking in the pulsing red lights, the still-locked doors. The alarms were still audible, though as close as they were, they were easy to ignore. Todd's gaze flickered back, his expression hardening. Here's the thing, he said, speaking low enough Dirk had to strain to hear. Dirk didn't miss the reluctance in his tone. I don't actually have pararibulitis, he continued, wincing a little as he said it. I had an aunt who had it, and I knew it ran in the family, and I figured, you know, I could make a quick buck. I'm honestly surprised I passed their medical screening. It was a shot in the dark. He averted his gaze as soon as he said it, as though not wanting to see Dirk's expression. Dirk wasn't quite sure why. He was fairly certain he wore a look of stunned surprise. 
He tried desperately to slot this new information into everything he already knew. So, so I just needed the money, Todd said. This time he glanced up, embarrassment, guilt, and something Dirk thought might be regret reflected in his gaze. That still doesn't make sense, Dirk decided, and it didn't. Even if Blackwing didn't know Todd was faking pararibulitis, they had to know something. And I still think you shouldn't. The reiteration was lost to a sudden silence, the alarm ceasing abruptly, red fading to black. A second later, the overheads came back on, Dirk's gaze falling immediately to the door. He had just enough time to put a reasonable amount of space between him and Todd before the door swung open. Todd beckoned into the hall. He hadn't slept, not since the night before last. Yesterday's meeting with Todd still too fresh in his mind. The alarms had sounded twice more, Dirk beginning to think they'd go on ringing indefinitely. In hindsight, he almost wished he'd let Todd believe them an anomaly. Perhaps then Dirk might have convinced him. As it was, he had no idea whether Todd would return. Part of him hoped he wouldn't. The rest of him dreaded the possibility. There were no technicians in the hall today. The room Dirk had seen them preparing, hidden behind a locked door. He had no idea what it meant, but the churning of his stomach continued, unabated. It got worse the closer to the administrative wing they got, so that by the time the technician deposited him outside Dr. Fenchurch's office, a faint sense of nausea had climbed its way up his throat. Dirk swallowed against it and stepped into the room. Dr. Fenchurch sat in her chair, her hands folded neatly on her desk. There were no files today, Dirk unsurprised but disappointed. He wasn't expecting them, was still a little worried she knew he'd gone through the others, but a part of him had idly hoped for a second opportunity, a chance to read Todd's file cover to cover, to understand what it was they wanted from him. Terrified she would see all this written on his face, Dirk averted his gaze. Doing so brought the corner of the room into view. Dirk, somewhat startled to find Colonel Riggins standing alongside the filing cabinet, watching Dirk intently. It was easy to imagine that they had heard his conversation with Todd. Dirk could think of no other explanation for Riggins' presence. Perhaps they had a listening device embedded in the couch, or sewn into Dirk's clothing. Perhaps, despite all Dirk's caution, they knew everything. Today, the day they took away Todd. Any other day, he might have apologized. Today, Dirk took the chair across from Dr. Fenchurch's desk without comment. He kept his spine straight, his hands folded in his lap, calmly meeting Dr. Fenchurch's eye. Dirk waited. Riggins pushed off the filing cabinet and came to stand in the middle of the room. "'How have you been, Splad?' he asked, as though they hadn't spoken two days ago, as though something terrible had happened. "'Fine?' came Dirk's tentative answer. Riggins smiled. I imagine you're probably wondering why you're here, he said. I suppose, Dirk answered. There was a line. He knew that much. He just didn't know where it was drawn. Give too much, and Riggins would take it away. Not enough, and Riggins would assume he needed incentive. Neither option held any appeal. You're here because we need your help, Riggins continued. He moved again as he spoke, coming to perch on the side of the desk. Dirk let his gaze drift to Dr. Fenchurch, and found her watching the proceedings with barely contained apathy. Dirk's gaze slid back to Riggins. "'My help?' he asked. Riggins nodded. "'You're an adult now, Dirk,' he said, 
the first time Dirk could ever remember him using Dirk's chosen name. Alarm bells sounded in Dirk's head. They sounded suspiciously like the ones that accompanied the pulsing red lights. I don't understand, Dirk said. Riggan shot him a patient smile. You're an adult, and we can't keep you here forever. At some point, you need to move into the field. You have the capacity to help people, to use your gift for good, but... Here he paused, his gaze pinning Dirk in place. You need to show us that you can be trusted with this responsibility. I know you, Dirk. I know you want to help people. Dirk was nodding before he registered doing so. Of course he wanted to help people. He wanted... something. Something that wasn't this endless monotony. He wanted to do something that mattered. Like before, when he was a child. All of those cats finding their way home. It marked the first and only time he could ever remember feeling useful. And yet, despite that, he didn't trust Riggins. He didn't trust Dr. Fenchurch or Blackwing. Whatever they wanted, he knew without a doubt he wasn't going to like it. This was manipulation. Dirk was sure of it. Riggins, however, continued unimpeded, as though convinced of Dirk's cooperation. We have reason to believe your friend Todd may be in danger. If Riggins proclaiming him an adult had triggered bells, the mention of Todd triggered sirens. Dirk sank beneath them. Riggins continued unimpeded. Has he told you why he's here? Riggins asked. Pararipulitis, Dirk thought, while shaking his head. He wondered if Riggins knew, if Blackwing had already figured out Todd was faking the disease. He has a set of genetic markers that put him at risk of contracting a fairly horrible disease. If he doesn't have symptoms now, he will, and I can assure you they won't be pleasant. That was news. News Dirk suspected Todd didn't have. He'd mentioned the blood work, mentioned the disease running in the family. Dirk very carefully kept his mouth shut. We can help him, Dirk. We can help ensure the disease stays dormant. But in order for that to happen, we need to bring Todd into a safe environment. Again, Riggins paused, his expression softening as he shot Dirk a smile. You like Todd, don't you, Dirk? Riggins asked. Not trusting himself to speak, Dirk nodded. And you do want to help him, don't you? Again, Dirk nodded. If he was here, you could see him every day, Riggins said, finally coming around to the point. It should have surprised him, but it didn't. Dirk acutely aware of the progression that had led him here. His stomach was still churning, which meant this wasn't the end. It felt, however, like a very significant crossroads, a moment he'd reflect back on and possibly regret. Why are you telling me this? Dirk asked. You can bring him in any time you want. What does this have to do with me? There was something Riggins wasn't telling him. Blackwing didn't bring people in to keep them safe. They had their own agenda, a purpose beyond their false promises and barely concealed threats. Dirk remembered from his childhood. So why involve Dirk? Why not simply show up in the middle of the night, bundle Todd into a car the way Riggins had bundled Dirk, the dim light of his father's village disappearing out the rear window? I'm afraid it's not that easy, Riggins explained. So far, he'd done all the talking. Dr. Fenchurch watching from behind her desk. She cleared her throat now, both Riggins and Dirk's gaze swiveling towards her. I know this is hard for you to understand, but we would very much like it if Todd's involvement here remained voluntary. We're not asking you to do anything you'd be uncomfortable with. We're simply asking you to talk to him. Convince him this is for the best. In one of those rare moments where the universe aligned, 
and Dirk understood its purpose. He was struck with sudden understanding. They needed Todd to volunteer, because unlike Dirk, whose caregiver had willingly remanded him, Todd was an adult whose disappearance would not go unnoticed. This is for the best, Dirk, Riggins said in his most imperious tone. Dirk didn't need a hunch to know he was lying. Just as he didn't need a hunch to know he'd never agree. Riggins, he suspected, already knew this, his expectation tempered by resignation. Why ask them? Dirk wondered. Sure, he was missing something. It was becoming an increasingly common theme. He opted not to answer. There seemed little point. Riggins knew. The hard edge of disapproval shaping his jaw. His lips grew thin, his eyes hard. Dirk well aware this would earn him punishment where nothing else had. Still, he kept his tongue. I'm disappointed in you, Splad, Riggins said, Dirk not missing the use of his old name. I do hope you reconsider. For Todd's sake, if not for your own. The threat was unmistakable, and yet Dirk still refused to speak. He kept his silence right up until a technician arrived to return him to his room. Will I still be allowed to see Todd? he asked, having risen from his chair. Riggins was back against the filing cabinet, Dr. Fenchurch watching him over her desk. Neither dined to answer. Dirk couldn't say he was terribly surprised.